Today's episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by Amio. Everyone loves to travel, but not all travel booking platforms are reliable. Thankfully, there's Amio, which can make any trip you desire feel effortless. Just enter your travel details, and Amio will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and even ferry options to help you book your first real vacation for 2021. And best of all, you'll be saving time and money, which is a win-win. Right now, Amio wants to help you leave the house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to Amio.com and enter the code LISTENER5 at checkout. But act quickly because this offer is valid until July 31st. Emil, plan, book, and love the journey. Ah, Disney. Whether you love it or not, you can't deny its impact on the world. It's no secret that the Geeks and I are huge Disney fans, considering we did many Disney-themed episodes. This includes, but not limited to, the MCU episode back in Season 1, My Kingdom Hearts miniseries, the episode where Matt and I defend Chicken Little, <laughs> and of course, talking about Disney and Fester's Day for our 50th episode. Shoutouts to Keith, Matt, and Nick. Love you guys. Anyway, there's one episode I've been meaning to do for a while, and that's talking about my favorite Disney films of all time. However, I have so many fucking favorite Disney films it's not even funny. Seriously, I can't even bring myself to make a top 10, worst to best, or even a tier list. To compensate, I've decided to split apart these films based on what era they originated from. In other words, classic, renaissance, and eventually, the modern age. Starting with the classic era. Obviously, I wasn't born at the time when classic Disney was a thing, but thanks to home media, I was able to see old-fashioned Disney. And surprisingly, most of these films still hold up to this day. But which 10 do I consider my favorites? I'll be judging these films based on their stories, themes, and how they reflect Disney in general. I'm only sticking to animated films. Even though movies like Mary Poppins have animated sequences, it doesn't count. As usual, everything I say is just my opinion, so all you hardcore Disney fans, please don't get offended if a certain film isn't ranked where you will place them. You'd be surprised on how scary Disney fans can be. <laughs> I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is my top 10 favorite Disney movies from the classic age. As usual, before I get to my list, we have honorable mentions. In no particular order, starting with Dumbo. A young elephant with large ears tries to cope with being separated from his mother, until he meets a circus mouse who gives him much-needed love and kindness. It's a wholesome movie, but really nothing that interesting. This was pretty much Disney's way of representing animal cruelty. I mean, it's not a terrible message, but the movie itself didn't intrigue me that much. The only parts that stuck out to me really were the pink elephants and crows. No need to explain how infamous the crows are. Next, we have The Sword in the Stone, probably one of the most bizarre Disney movies out there, mostly because this film, more or less, acts like an educational film, where a young boy named Arthur takes lessons from a wizard named Merlin in order to become a suitable king. Most of the movie is just teaching Arthur the basics of life, and very little about being a king. Though I did like the wizard duel between Merlin and Madame Nim. Also, the ending where Merlin comes back from Bermuda, which according to the film setting, hasn't been discovered yet. Ha, Disney breaking the fourth wall. It's still a fairly good movie, just not good enough to make the list. Lady and the Tramp is next. A young female dog named Lady falls in love with his alley dog while her family's away, it's a cute movie, all things considered, but the only parts that stood out to me were the spaghetti scene and Tramp fighting off that rat. I'm sure you notice a common theme with these honorable mentions, which is that they all have one or two scenes that make them stand out, but that doesn't apply to our next honorable mention, which is Fantasia. A lot of people love this movie, and I can see why. It's got beautiful animation that blends in with the live orchestra, but there's no real plot. It's just one symphony after another, and they don't really tie in together, but if I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be Night on Bald Mountain, where we get introduced to Disney's Satan. Still, I can't deny how unique this film is, so I have to put it as an honorable mention. Last, but certainly not least, 
the Aristocats. Okay, the reason for me including this film may or may not be because of my love for cats. Speaking of which, the film is about an alley cat who helps this rich cat and her kittens get back home. And of course, they fall in love. It's a very cute movie with a few humorous moments, especially the final battle between Edgar and the cats. I also like the song, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Admittedly, I sing that to my own cats every now and then. However, cuteness alone isn't enough to give this movie any more recognition, as much as I hate to admit it. Okay, that's all my honorable mentions. Now on to the actual list. Number 10, 101 Dalmatians. I feel like people barely talk about this movie anymore, which is a shame. A Dalmatian couple named Pongo and Purdy give birth to 15 puppies, who then get kidnapped. Now they must save them before they, along with 84 other puppies, get made to fur coats. This was honestly a cute movie. I mean, it's about dogs, so how can it not be cute? Granted, taking care of 99 puppies may sound like a paradise. In reality, it sounds like hell because of all the shit you have to go through. Literally. But leave it at Disney to make that analogy whimsical. For the most part, I love the chemistry between Pongo and Purdy, and how they gradually get other dogs to help them out. Shoutouts to Danny, Colonel, and Labrador. Oh yeah, Sergeant Tips too. I know, he's a cat, but he deserves some love too, you know. The puppies themselves felt a bit one-dimensional if you ask me. The only ones that really stuck out to me were Patch, Lucky, and Rolly. However, the best thing to come out of this movie is definitely the villains, starting with the main one, Corella DeVille. Not only is her plan to make coats out of puppy fur diabolical, but she's so fucking insane that it makes her so entertaining to watch, along with her lackeys, Horace and Jasper, which provide a great slapstick, especially during scenes like escaping Corella's hideout and the car chase scene towards the end. I also like the movie's theme of how animals should be treated with love and affection, not substance for materialistic needs. Overall, this was a cute movie with a bunch of humor provided. Number 9. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Next, we have the first ever animated movie by Disney, or the first animated movie in general. How's that for recognition? A young princess named Snow White, she excelled her from Seven Dwarves after escaping the clutches of her wicked stepmother. A fairly simple movie, but it was definitely something for its time. What I love mostly about this movie are the dwarves. Even though they all literally have one personality, you can easily relate to each of them, though I feel like I relate to Dopey a lot more. Aside from that, these dwarves offer a lot of humorous moments, like them thinking there was a monster in their house, trying to wash up before dinner, or fighting over one pillow downstairs. But you gotta give these dwarves credit for chasing down the Wicked Queen. Speaking of which, no pun intended, the Wicked Queen is considered one of the best Disney villains for how cruel and vain she is. In fact, the message of vanity is what makes this film even stronger. The Queen couldn't accept the fact that she was no longer the fairest one of all, and tries to kill Snow White in order to make herself feel better. However, vanity was also her biggest downfall. Also, fun fact, the Queen's witch form used to scare the shit out of me as a kid, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt that. If I can nitpick on a few things though, it'd probably be Snow White's gullibility and the Prince only appearing for like maybe 5 minutes at most during the entire film. And yet, the animation is very dated, but as Disney's first ever animated film, I still think it's worth checking out. Number 8. Cinderella The late 1940s was definitely an awkward year for Disney, until they gave fans the next princess film since Snow White. A princess named Cinderella is a servant to her evil stepmother and stepsisters, until her fairy godmother comes through to help her find her happily ever after. I didn't think much about this movie to be honest, but as years went on, it started to grow on me. I mostly enjoyed Jack, Gus, and the other mice for how supportive they acted towards Cinderella. They made her a dress for the royal ball, helped her get to that said ball, granted they got affected by the fairy godmother's magic but still, and of course, unlocked Cinderella's door so she can try on the glass slipper and stand up to Lucifer, which just so happens to be my favorite part of the movie. As for Cinderella herself, I think she's alright. I wouldn't say she's a major step up compared to Snow White, but I couldn't help but feel sorry for her at times, especially during the scenes when her stepsisters ruined her dress or when Lady Tremaine locked her in her room. Speaking of which, I thought they were good villains for how cruel and inconsiderate they acted. 
The only issues I have with this film is how dull they made Prince Charming, and his father only wants him to get married so he can have grandkids. No joke, he really doesn't care who his son marries as long as he gets grandkids. However, the film's biggest strength is his message on not giving up on your dreams. No matter how tough life is, you shouldn't give up on your dreams, and that's exactly what we've seen with Cinderella. Number 7. Sleeping Beauty What were the odds I'd be talking about this film next? I totally didn't plan this on purpose or anything. <laughs> an evil sorceress puts a sleeping curse on a young princess, provoking three good fairies to try and protect her at all costs. To switch things up, I'll be starting what I don't like about this movie. First off, I think Aurora is one of the most boring Disney princesses we've ever seen. I'm sorry, but there's really nothing that makes her stand out besides being cursed since she was a baby. Doesn't help that she only spoke for like maybe 30% of the movie if we're lucky. Same thing goes for Prince Philip. Oh yeah, can't forget about his father who's in a rush for his son to get married. Deja vu anyone? But in all seriousness, why did I put this movie at number 7 despite these flaws? Well, I find it very interesting how this film focuses more on the side characters rather than the main ones. In this case, the three good fairies instead of Aurora and Philip. You could argue the same thing with the other films I mentioned, but this one is more on the nose when you think about it. Hands down, the best character in this movie is the main villain, Maleficent. She's so vile, egotistical, and just pure evil. Cursing a baby because you didn't get invited to her christening? How fucking petty can you be, man? And yeah, she terrified me too as a kid. At the same time, that's what makes her so great. She's definitely one of the best Disney villains in general. The finale is so great as ever, where the fairies break Philip out of Maleficent's dungeon and he fights his way back to Aurora, including taking on Maleficent herself once she becomes a dragon. Still one of my favorite Disney showdowns to this day. Also, the message of true love conquers all. Hate to sound sappy, but it's kind of true. How do you guys think I got through four years of college? Because of my love for video games and making friends with people who have the same interests as me. <laughs> Number 6. Bambi. I guess it was only a matter of time before I talk about this one. A young fawn named Bambi learns about the ways of life and how to adapt when changes come. It's another one of those wholesome movies, but I enjoy it a lot. Because this film literally goes through Bambi's life. From the moment he's born to when he becomes a grown buck. And the many twists and turns life throws at him. Most notably, his mother getting killed. That shit traumatized a lot of kids growing up because of how dark it was. I think it was the first time we see a parent die in a Disney film, before that became a trend for most Disney films in the future. I know, everybody's made that joke, but I'm keeping it. Anyway, the hunter, or man, that killed Bambi's mother, was a very interesting villain. First off, we don't see man physically in the movie. Instead, we only hear his gunshots and see his campsite, which inadvertently caused a forest fire later on. This all relates to the human versus nature theme that this film has going on. Even though man himself isn't actually evil, his actions were very detrimental to Bambi and his fellow forest inhabitants, so I gotta give this film extra credit for putting us into that perspective. Besides Bambi's mom, I enjoyed the many characters that helped guide him through life, though some of them didn't get enough screen time. Especially Rano, who only appeared for like maybe 5 minutes at most, and all he did was fight over Bambi for Feline's affection. My favorite though has to be the Great Prince of the Forest, aka Bambi's father. Even though he acts stern and hardly acknowledged Bambi when he was a fawn, you can tell he deeply cares for his son. As shown when he decides to take him under his care and eventually makes him the new prince of the forest. Overall, this was a great movie that caters both to the coming of age and nature genre. Number 5. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh If you hate Winnie the Pooh, then you have no soul. Truth be told, this movie doesn't really have a solid plot, but instead three different stories merge together in one film. Almost like that awkward time when Disney just combined two or three cartoons and just called it a film. Or, if you're someone like me who grew up in the late early 2000s, <coughs> Digimon movie, <coughs> despite that, I found myself liking each story a lot. We go from Pooh trying to get honey from a beehive, meeting Tigger and learning about heffalumps and woozles, or trying to survive a major downpour. I mostly enjoyed the meeting between Pooh and Tigger because it was hilarious to see Tigger get scared of his own reflection and feeling repulsed after eating honey, even though he said, honey is what Tigger's like best. 
I also love how every now and then, Pooh and the others constantly talk to the narrator. Again, Disney doing a good job at breaking the fourth wall. If I can nitpick on one thing though, it'd probably be the scene where Rabbit made Tigger quit bouncing forever. Even though bouncing was the reason why him and Rue got in trouble in the first place, it was still a little harsh. Of course, asking Tigger to quit bouncing is like asking Pooh to quit eating honey. It just doesn't sound right, and you shouldn't take people's fixations too personally, which I think is the film's message. Go with the flow and appreciate the little things in life. Yes, conceptually this film may be on the lazy side, but I love it so much. Number 4. Alice in Wonderland You know that one time you were high and didn't realize it? That's because you were watching this film. A girl named Alice stumbles upon a place called Wonderland while searching for a white rabbit, but she comes across one bizarre thing after another. Many people consider this movie the trippiest of Disney films because of the visuals and bizarre shit, but that's what makes it so good. Some of my favorite scenes while I question include the unbirthday party, the dodo trying to burn down the white rabbit's house, hell, even the scenes featuring the Queen of Hearts. Ironically, she's one of my least favorite Disney villains because of how immature she is. Then again, I think that was the point. Though if I had to pick a favorite, it'd definitely be the Chester Cat because he acts like a troll and openly embraces it. Though I feel like the one character we can all relate to is Alice, and no, I don't mean getting confused as fuck by what we're seeing. But as kids, we all have trouble coping with reality, so we let imagination get the better of us. Of course, I never imagined talking animals, inanimate objects, or a queen obsessed with decapitating people. <laughs> this movie was nothing but a visual joyride, and it still holds up to this day. Number 3. The Jungle Book Starting off the top 3, we have The Jungle Book. A young boy named Mowgli lives in a jungle, but doesn't want to leave it. However, his friends try to get him back to the quote-unquote man village, knowing that a tiger is out to kill him. One thing that I have to praise is the visuals. Disney did a great job capturing the whole jungle setting, and the characters are all fun to watch too, even though Mowgli acting like a whiny little shit dig on my nerves sometimes. Then again, all kids act like that when it comes to change. Bagheera and Baloo were also great, from Bagheera's stern yet caring demeanor alongside Baloo's carefree and dimwit personality only made their chemistry more enjoyable. Hell, the villains were a lot of fun too, from the playful yet conniving King Louie, to the goofy yet slightly intimidating Ka, and of course, Shere Khan, who acts all high and mighty but deep down, he's powerless. In terms of themes, adapting to change is one thing I can see. Some people are afraid of changes, but in the end, change is part of life, and Mowgli eventually learns that when he ends up leaving the jungle to live in the man village. I know, he was mesmerized by Shanti, but still. One thing I didn't bring up with any of the films was the music. That doesn't mean they're bad, just not as appealing as Disney songs are nowadays. However, the songs Bare Necessities and Wanna Be Like You are other reasons why I love this movie. Actually, I have those two songs on my Spotify Disney playlist, so you know they're that good. This was also the last movie Walt Disney himself worked on before his death, which is really sad, but that makes me appreciate this film even more. Number 2. Pinocchio In second place, ironically, is Disney's second animated film, Pinocchio. Compared to Snow White, this film was a major upgrade if you ask me. A wooden puppet named Pinocchio was brought to life by a magical fairy, but in order to become a real boy, he must learn the ways between right and wrong. If there's one Disney movie that screams morality, it would definitely be this one, as Pinocchio goes through many different dilemmas over the course of the film, like experiencing the actor's life, a cursed island that acts all fun and cheerful, and trying to rescue his father from a whale. Speaking of which, every character in this movie is memorable in their own ways. Besides Pinocchio himself, we of course have Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio's figurative and literal conscience, Geppetto, Pinocchio's father, who's probably the most laid-back parent Disney has ever made, let's be real, Figaro and Cleo, Geppetto's pet cat and fish, though merely side characters, offer a lot of laughs. Then we get to the villains, starting with not so honest John and his sidekick Gideon, who tricked Pinocchio not once, but twice during the film. By the way, is everyone that fucking casual about seeing an anthropomorphic fox and cat roaming around town? Then again, no one seems to question how a woman puppet is able to walk and talk on its own, so I think it's best not to question it. Stromboli, the puppeteer, 
may be cruel, but I can't help but laugh at his whistling snarl and Italian outbursts. Being Italian myself, I'm used to hearing shit like that. <laughs> the Coachman is purely evil and definitely one of the most underrated Disney villains. And who could forget about Monstro, probably the most terrifying whale in any movie. Speaking of which, this is also one of the most darkest movies Disney's ever made. Granted, it started off calm and mellow, but then you have the scene where Stromboli threatens to chop Pinocchio into firewood, or the infamous scenes at Pleasure Island where all the carefree boys turn to donkeys, including Pinocchio's new friend, Lampwit. That scene traumatized me as a kid. And the worst part is, the coachman doesn't receive any sort of punishment for his crimes and continues to sell the boys now donkeys into slavery. Not even Pinocchio and Jiminy cared enough to save them, which is fucking crazy. Then again, that makes everything feel more real, as there are evil people in this world that get away with whatever crimes they commit. Yet good people get rewarded for their deeds. Especially when Pinocchio had the chance to get away from Monstro, but instead he gave up his own life to save Geppetto. And as a result, he became a real boy. It's amazing how in depth this movie can be the more you watch it. And I think the message of knowing between right and wrong speaks for itself. As much as I love this movie, there's still one that tops it. Number 1. Peter Pan My favorite Disney movie from the classic age is none other than Peter Pan. This is one of the first classic Disney movies I've ever seen, and it's the one i watched the most out of all the movies I mentioned. More times than Pinocchio the more I think about it. Anyway, Peter Pan, a boy who never ages, takes his girl named Wendy and her brothers to a place called Neverland, where he can never grow up. But when danger comes, Wendy begins to question if Neverland is safe for her and her brothers. There's a lot I want to go over, but I don't know where to start. Maybe I'll start with the characters because they're all relatable in a way. Wendy, despite being a child, acts very responsible, yet she still wants to have fun. Her brothers, John and Michael, can be carefree at times, yet they still care for Wendy. Their father, Mr. Darling, may act very stern, but you can tell he loves his children very much. And at least he admits he acted like an asshole in the beginning towards their children and their Nana dog. Shout out to Nana, by the way. This dog works hard to take care of those kids, and all Mr. Darling does is draw her outside. Then we get Peter Pan himself. He may appear as very carefree and immature. Same goes for the Lost Boys, but when you really think about it, that's how old boys act when they're young, and I will know. <laughs> Despite that, he's still likable and wouldn't hesitate to help those he deeply cares for, like Wendy or Tinkerbell. Yeah, let's be real, Tinkerbell is a complete bitch. The way she tries to get rid of Wendy, not to mention helping Captain Hook locate Peter Pan's hideout, yet I enjoyed the screen time she has. Lastly, we have the villains, Captain Hook and Mr. Smee. I absolutely love the chemistry between these two, where you have Hook who's so fixated on trying to kill his nemesis, but then you have Smee who does whatever he can to please his captain, but gets no respect whatsoever. This made any scene featuring them fucking hilarious. In fact, this film has some of the most funny scenes in any Disney film. From Mr. Darling's outburst in the beginning, John, Michael, and Lost Boys getting ambushed by the Indians, Captain Hook getting attacked by the crocodile, no matter how many times I've watched those scenes, I still laugh my ass off. This movie is also more symbolic than people realize. I know the whole message is that everyone has to grow up at some point in their lives, but this can also relate to Disney lovers. Think about it, some people assume that Disney is only meant for kids, and if you continue to fuss over it as a teen or adult, you'd be seen as childish and immature, and I can honestly say that's horseshit. Because the truth is, no matter how old you get, your childhood would always be a part of you, and you shouldn't let anyone below you for liking something you grew up with. Why do you think I still watch old Cartoon Network shows from late 1990s, early 2000s? <laughs> in terms of the movie, Wendy knows that growing up is inevitable, but as long as she continues to believe in Peter Pan, she can still cherish her childhood. Maybe I'm just overthinking things as usual, but that's how I feel. Peter Pan is a movie we can all relate to, and has the honor of being my favorite classic Disney movie. With that said, my list has been concluded. What are some of your favorite classic Disney films? You can always tell us on our Discord server. A link will be provided as always. Same thing goes for our Instagram page, at Geeks Crossing. And to answer your question, yes, I will be talking about the Renaissance Age next, 
but that's going to take some time, because I love each movie from that era a lot, I don't want to sound too biased, you know. <laughs> but in the meantime, continue to support us on all available platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.